There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. I don't understand. You don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me. I'm a loner, Daddy. A rebel. Episode 44 of the Cult of Matt and Mark Cult Film Review Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Mark. And this week, our, uh, actually, I always forget this. Uh, make sure to visit us at our uh, website at cultfilmreview.blogspot.com. Uh, email us at cultfilmreview at gmail.com. Um, and there at our website, you can uh, get us on Stitcher and uh, follow our Twitter, which we um, have acknowledged we don't pay any attention to, but... Uh, It'll post the new movie when it shows up. So uh, we had this a comment w- this week. It was pretty exciting. Yes, uh, 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 big fan uh, Tom Russo up in Bellingham. Uh, my father-in-law uh, left us a rather um, insightful comment on Jacob's Ladder. I thought, at least, did you read it? I was a little confused by it. <laughs> he is a PhD in psychology, so yeah, and I'm an almost a high school dropout. Yeah. <laughs> Big liar. All right. Uh, so uh, this week our film is uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, uh, directed by a debut director uh, at the time, Tim Burton. Uh, oh, this was his first film? Boy, I didn't, yeah, he had, I didn't do any history on this. He had done Frankenweenie back then, but apparently it didn't get wide release because Disney uh, didn't like its uh, dark character or something like that. He didn't he did like the dark nature of the film. The movie he- the movie he just released, Frankenweenie? Yes. It was he did originally. An version. Mm. He did an earlier version. But it was too dark, and uh, they didn't want to release it or produce it or uh, market it or whatever. So it kind of died until now. And now it's out in the theater, and I think it's obviously been redone. So, Yeah, uh, it's supposedly pretty good. I'm surprised you haven't seen it since you're a winger dogger. Is that uh, the right term, wiener dogger? Wiener dogger. Or is it dogger wiener? Dachshunder. Uh, Dachshunder. In the UK, Yabble. they call in the UK they call them sausage dogs. Oh, do they really call them sausage dogs? That's the official name. <laughs> no, they call them bang, banger dogs. Banger dogs. They call sausage bangers. Yeah, bangers. I don't quite know where that came from, other than the uh, obvious sexual reference. I don't really know where the word banger came from. Banger. Yeah, like maybe like a dr- forehead, a drumstick. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so Tim Burton, uh, this was his uh, directorial debut. Um, and uh, a film written by none other than uh, uh, Paul Ryan, who stars as Pee Wee Herman. Actually, I'm sorry, Rubens. Uh, Paul Rubens. No, he. You know, I did that on purpose because uh, the hairdo, the Princeton cut, as uh, it's called, that uh, Pee Wee wears, is reminded me of our um, uh, Republican vice presidential presidential candidate Paul Ryan. I don't know. Oh, Paul Ryan. Yeah. And uh, Francis reminded me of Carl Rove a little bit. Maybe I have election fever. Maybe that's why I made those. <laughs> Didn't your uh, fever break this week? Mine sure did. Oh, it felt great. Yeah, now I can light a spliff and uh, marry my gay partner. You know, it's oh, all good. Hot. Hey, uh, <laughs> also Phil Hartman was in on the writing credits. Phil Hartman. Yeah, actually, Phil Hartman. Uh, well, let me do the 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 plot rundown. It's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, 
an exhaustive plot here. It's fairly straightforward. So uh, Pee Wee Herman, played by Paul Rubens, an overgrown prepubescent boy sporting a model Princeton cut, molded Princeton cut, uh, blush lipstick, and shrunken gray flannel suit, lives an idyllic life in his bizarre home until someone nabs his most prized possession, the fire engine red Schwinn customized bicycle. He then embarks on an epic cross-country search to find his lost love, not to mention more than a little adventure. Along the way, he makes friends with various oddball characters, visits the Alamo, endures various hallucinatory nightmares, and has a supernatural run-in with a spectral trucker. So, yeah, Big Bertha. That. Uh, no, Large Marge. Oh, Large Marge. Yeah, that little Bertha's her sister. Sorry, that little bit was. Uh, Do you ever hear? Uh, fan, it's like some old trucker country western song called Phantom Three Hundred Nine. You ever remember that? I never heard Phantom Three Hundred Nine. Sounds great though. I'll put it on my. Uh, maybe we should make it the outro music. Uh, it's. Uh, I don't know who sang it, but uh, it's this story. It's this heartwarming story of a hitchhiker who gets a ride from a. A ghostly trucker and tells him the story of a horrible accident uh, and then gets dropped off at a diner and then uh, when the uh, hitchhiker tells the diner who gave him a ride they're like oh phantom 309 and phantom 309 he was like a trucker who um, was about was like somehow saved a school bus full of kids by sacrificing himself and his 18 wheeler and thrown it you know thrown into the ditch or something like that but boy well, that happens all the time i'll tell you we gotta make school buses safer <laughs> no seat belts on school buses I, I still boggles my mind uh their bones are young and soft they can take the, they can take the uh the g-forces i don't know my school bus was kind of like a the monkey house it was uh i was it was so raucous once that uh uh the bus driver called the local snowmish police and had us pull us over and then they took the most raucous kid off the bus and put him up against the side like a firing squad and so we could all see him and humiliate him. And then the cop gave him a big lecture, and it was a whole big deal. I remember that. That has got to be the worst job in the world, bus driver. Fucking school I can't, bus I can't, driver. I can't. Literally, I would rather scrub toilets. I'd rather be a school janitor than a school bus driver. Well, you weren't too kind to your school bus driver. So. Well, look, I attacked her with a broom one time, but she was a real bitch. So, I wonder, I wonder yeah. why. I wonder why. Uh, she's sad. <laughs> Life didn't quite work out for her. Uh, okay, so back to Pee Wee's uh, big adventure. Uh, you're right. Uh, Phil Hartman did help. Uh, Paul Rubens developed the Pee Wee Herman character. They were in a local Los Angeles skit troupe called the Groundlings, and Phil oh, Hartman. Yeah, yeah. Phil Hartman was a part of that. Uh, actually, Pee Wee Herman or Paul Rubens auditioned for one of the first casts of Saturday Night Live back in the early '80s. Uh, was aced out by Gilbert Gilbert Godfrey. Remember him? Uh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the duck. Yeah. I, I forget Gilbert Godfrey's it, actually pretty funny and very blue. He, uh, does some podcasts now in the end. Does he? A, yeah, he's got a really nice demeanor and he's, uh, comedians say he's probably one of the naturally most funny people in existence. He's showed up on radio shows from time to time and he's always been very funny. He's not that, you know, I always think of him as the pinched faced and I, I, I can't do an Im- Im- impression. Well, he does, but. he does have that weird voice. And uh, I guess it's his actual voice. 
people like, saying, what are you talking meet? about? What is the, yeah. all this? Yeah, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I've heard that when people just go over to his house for dinner, that his mannerism is exactly the same. I would it's, go it's over not to a stage G- act. I would go over to Gilbert Godfrey's house in a second if I was invited to dinner. No questions asked. I wouldn't go over there because of his uh, his that joke about uh, the Japanese tsunami was. Over he, the line. Ooh, that's right. What was that joke? I forget. That was joke. Uh, I I lost my Japanese girlfriend, but another one will come floating along any minute. Was mm. his joke uh, the same day as the Japanese tsunami? The <laughs> same day. That is yeah. too soon. That's <laughs> he lost his job with Aflac as the Aflac duck because of it. By the way, uh, Aflac is a Japanese company. Oh well, that uh, that was in poor taste there. I'd oh, say. that's that's just how he is. I guess that's just his nature. <laughs> so uh, Pee Wee Herman aced out by Gilbert Gottfried. He was a little bit broken up about it. Uh, he then refined his stage act with the Pee Wee Herman character, who was sort of a work in progress and uh, was actually doing um, bits. Uh, Paul Rubens wasn't actually a natural comedian. He was actually a pretty horrible one, I guess. he Not horrible, but uh, he admittedly, he couldn't, remember jokes to tell them he uh would forget them and so he had to have kind of a bit you know on stage and so a persona a persona and so he developed the peewee herman character as sort of this hybrid of uh oh there was some 50s like the 50 like 50s uh kids show personality like the howdy doody uh there was actually another um he does have a howdy doody look to him with his hair and his yeah he's oh there's a a 50s children tv host personality called pinky lee Uh, and pinky lee i'm looking at him now is uh very peewee herman-esque um but uh yeah so he had this television 30 minute television show on nbc called the pinky lee show and uh i don't have any sort of basis of comparison but i'm sure it's uh a little over the top and a little quirky and, uh, you know, 50s, 50s, 50s manic, I guess, if that's a, a term. So uh, then he, yeah, so Paul Rubens went on to uh, develop the, the act on stage. And then I believe he had an HBO uh, bit or an HBO. Yeah, I think he had an hour. He had an hour, and that's kind of when he took off. And uh, from there on out, he sort of worked uh, – Worked it through production and came up with uh, the Pee Wee Herman show, uh, and then Pee Wee's well, Big Adventure. Well, it's weird he went full circle. I mean, he based a comedy bit off a children's show and then took that comedy bit and turned it into a children's show. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, he that actually a, that's a strange route. Actually, the Pee Wee Herman character on stage was a little bit more, I guess, to use your word, uh, blue. He was a little well, bit more adult, a little bit more adult oriented. Uh, but obviously, you had to clean that up for the Saturday morning uh, cartoons. Yeah, you know, uh, Pee Wee Herman tickled a lot of people's funny bones, like his uh, kids' TV show. I guess a lot of older people watched it. I'll tell you the truth, the bit never really uh, struck me that great. I mean, there's some times, and especially in this movie, that are funny, but really, that character's sort of annoying. Yeah. He's really self centered. Yeah. And uh, doesn't, doesn't read other people very well. His asexuality just. Seems to cause problems with his. I wouldn't call it an asexuality. I would call it an artificial prepubescence. Uh, he's definitely. I, I wouldn't call it an asexual character. 
I'm I'm sorry. I guess I don't really see the difference between the two. The non the non sexual. Okay. Yeah. A little right. like a more. I mean, what's the, the difference? Smith. I don't know. I well, you just you have a character played by an adult that lives in sort of this child's television show realm. You can't sort of like a white uh, Michael Jackson. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can't. I don't know. It's hard because it seems like he's disturbed. To be quite honest with you, he seems a little disturbed. Like I would be sort of scared of him, especially the way he lashes out when Hurry gets angry. Yeah, he's. I mean, look what he does to everybody. As soon as he loses his bike, he basically goes fucking nuts. Yeah, he takes he's... off, leaves his dog just to starve to death in his house. Speck, who's uh, I mean, not big a, enough to be spot. He makes a very poor adult. I'm not sure exactly how he uh, affords all his doodads. He must have well, uh, some sort of money. That's one part of the the persona. He has no visible means of support. Obviously, he has a house and uh, lives like a child. So there's no, uh, you know, no no work ethic. Just kind of. He seems like uh, he lives. Maybe his you know his friend Francis. It sounds like they're just the children of 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 wealth because he has this weird relationship with Francis, which is obviously a spoiled brat of a child. And maybe I think they sort of live in a similar neighborhood. So maybe uh, they're just sort of. Old money. Maybe like his mom is an eccentric folk singer from the 60s who uh, just shuffles him money if you were to make actually flesh out a uh, Pee Wee Herman backstory. You know, you know with Pee Wee Herman, I had I just have the feeling that he was force fed. He had to eat his parents own flesh by some maniac at some point <laughs> in his youth and it deeply I'm, disturbed him. So I'm getting a, a bit of the, uh, you're, you weren't a big Pee Wee fan. I'm you're a Pee Wee I mean, hater. There's some, there's some funny parts in this movie, but uh Pee-wee Herman is just weird, and uh, I, I guess I don't know. It doesn't quite tickle me like the way it tickles some people. Like Gene, for example, really likes this movie, and uh, there's certainly some very funny parts, and uh, there's some pretty fun fun little jokes, but I don't know how much of that is Pee-wee Herman, that character, the act of Paul Rubens, and how much is maybe Phil Hartman's influence in putting funny bits in the film. I would say I never it's... was particularly drawn to the television show. I used to watch it quite a bit. My parents were big fans of Pee Wee Herman, and uh, we used to get into the Pee Wee Herman show. I think we taped it and watched it like on Saturday night, not in the morning. But uh, well, what was funny about it? Uh, what was funny? I think it was. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, funny is always a hard thing to define. Like, what makes something funny? Um, I think the absurdity, obviously, of the whole thing. Uh, there was some innuendo with some of the, uh, uh, the adult human characters. Oh, um, there was, I, I guess I didn't, uh, had to pay attention a little closer. I guess. Yeah, actually Larry, uh, oh my God, I forgot his name. Morpheus from the matrix. Larry Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne. He was Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, was, oh, cowboy. he was in that show. Did he play yeah. the mailman or something? No, he was cowboy Curtis. He was the cowboy character that would show up. Uh, from time to time. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, did you ever watch the show? I mean, I caught bits and pieces of it. It was pretty popular for a while. I just don't remember ever making a point to watch it. I think I just sort of came across it channel surfing sometimes and watched a few minutes here and there. I it think was like a big toilet chair or something. It wasn't a I toilet remember. chair. It was cherry. It was just this big plush chair. That, but it know, had like talked. a mouth where they take a crap, right? Well, I guess if you're scatological, you'd see that. But <laughs> like, no, I just it was just kind of a talking chair. It always chair. reminded me of that uh, chair in Idiocracy where uh, the lawyers sit. Oh, well, you, you just put your pants down whenever you sit down to watch TV while you're so you masturbating to the Baton channel. Well, you're, 
where you're baiting and then watching <laughs> Ow My Balls in between right. in your refractory period and then taking a crap whenever you feel like it. That's what Cherry uh, reminds me of. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I maybe, okay, I didn't. I saw I saw this when I was in junior high, so I made mm. junior high associations with the show. Uh, it was absurd, bizarre, I'm trying to think of some other uh, ad- adjectives for the Pee Wee Herman show. Um, I think it, like I always, you know, everything always seems like it would be more exciting if I was stoned. And I think, uh, with Pee Wee's big adventure, if I was really high, I think there'd be nothing better, but that's from a man who hasn't smoked weed in 10 years. So maybe I could be completely yeah. wrong about that. I was going to make a, a joke that you'd have to be high to really get the most out of the film. I mean, most out of the, the TV show, maybe not the film, because I think it had some just naturally funny bits, especially some of the, just the real short bits. Like I remember when, uh, after Pee Wee Herman gets done, uh, riding that, uh, bronc, well, bucking bull. And yeah. actually you see, you see at one point, if you, I rewound it to watch again. And in the scene where he's up there, uh, riding the bull, you actually see his, uh, you actually see the, the, uh, the electric bunking bull, you know, one of those things yep. you ride like in a yep. bar. You see it underneath him briefly in one of the shots. Yeah. But uh, he's, he loses his memory very briefly afterwards, and the, the cowboys come up to him and go, uh, do you know who you are? You know, he's like, I can't remember, you know. They go, what's the last thing you remember? He goes, I remember the Alamo, and then all the oh, yeah. cheer. I, I thought that was that was pretty funny, but it was real short, a real tight little bit. And it wasn't really, he wasn't really in the Paul Rubens character. Sort of like at the beginning of this podcast where it's his, uh, that part about being a rebel and you don't <laughs> right. want to mess with me, which is repeated <laughs> twice over again by two different characters. Yeah. It's, uh, it's repeated. Uh, well, there's Morgan Fairchild and who is the, the actor playing Pee Wee Herman at the end? Oh, it's uh, James Brolin. James Brolin when it goes. The Bro- no, James Brolin would have been like 10 uh, when this movie was filmed. Um, somebody. His name was James Brolin in the credits. James Brolin. Who am I thinking of? Who, uh, I think you're thinking of, I, you know, I was going to look up to remember where I've seen James. Josh Brolin. You think of Josh. I, I, is James' father? Or I think he has, he has a different, I think it's maybe a brother. It's a Brolin family, possibly. Yeah, let's sort go with that. looking handsome guys. Right. Morgan Fairchild. That's where I'll believe until I die. Okay. Yeah, Morgan Fairchild. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah, she used to be a pinup girl. I think my uncle was like a little older. He's about 10 years older than me. Had pinups of Morgan Fairchild and Bo Derek. Hey, uncle. No, no. This is my uncle uh, Corey, who lives in Arizona now. But uh, yeah, Morgan. I don't know. She's uh, got an attractive look. Go yeah, back to the eighties. Well, I don't know where she, she got her start. Dynasty Dallas, one of those shows. Yeah, you have a, you have a, they both look like characters straight out of uh, you know one of those absurdist eighties uh, soap operas. Maybe the right. beginning time ones like Falcon's Crest. Oh, I thought it was Falcon's Nest. It's Falcon's Crest. Falcon's Falcon's Nest. Falcon's Nest. It's a horrible <laughs> mishmash of vomited up food and grass. Uh, so okay, so you mentioned one thing you thought was funny. What other what other bits you thought you thought were funny? Uh, you know, obviously the the scene with the uh, hell's what is it? Satan's helpers. Satan's or? helpers. No, that's that's just that's just fucking hilarious. Where he does the tequila dance. That's actually the Pee Wee Herman dance. That's sort of his signature dance move. The uh, well, that's funny, especially the whole, the whole, <laughs> the whole environment. I mean, he makes the little crack where they're at, they're trying to figure out what to do with him, and the, everybody's suggesting the various terrible things they can do to him, and then he talks out of the side of, side of his mouth that maybe they should just let him go. And and then he well, he, he mentions something about needing to get his bike back, and since they're bikers, they all uh, 
get well, on board. Well, he it. just impresses them with his his craziness because they're nuts. And then he, they give him a bike at the end, and he takes off and drives and crashes immediately. That's yeah, just that was funny. funny. Yeah, that's that was funny good. stuff. And I don't, I don't know if that any character could really do that. I mean, as long as you knew they weren't macho and didn't know how to ride a bike. <laughs> Yeah, because he's assuming that it was never communicated to the uh, Satan's helpers that the bike he was missing was actually a pedal bike. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the joke. (laughs) Right. That's funny. I mean, that's just that's just a hilarious moment. Uh, I guess the whole bike theme came from when uh, Paul Rubens was on. uh, I believe it's Warner Brothers lot, which is what you see here in the movie, and uh, saw everybody riding around in bikes and uh, asked some production assistants like when do i get my bike and then he came up with a genesis for the uh whole you know losing your bike and having to go find it bit you know so yeah it must have saved on production costs to have the last 20 minutes of the film take place on the warner brothers lot yeah i was thinking about that and uh yeah then the, then then the the whole film goes meta right who was that kid was that one of the Corys? oh no shit that was the kid well, that's that's the, from the kid from uh wonder years Life goes on or Wonder Years. What? He was the older Wonder brother years. in Wonder Years. He was the older brother. That's right. Yeah. So. Uh, that was, was pretty like, funny. He had a pretty good role where he was the snotty. Uh, entitled kid. I thought that was pretty fun. That was pretty good. <laughs> There's a lot of funny writing in this. All right. So we got the we got the, the, the tidbits Mark thought was funny. What didn't you find funny that was supposed to be funny? Oh, I just think just some of Paul Rubin's goofy Pee Wee Herman business where he's making funny voices and like when he's walking around his house with those weird uh, Rube Goldman or Goldberg or whatever. Rube Goldberg. Yeah. Machines. I mean, yeah. That don't I, work right. That, this whole childlike thing and him, you know, some of the way he talks to some people. I don't know. I mean, really? I did enjoy all the BM, BMX bikers from the <laughs> 80s. It reminds me of a movie. Do you ever see the movie Rad? I know. Uh, pivotal eight oh. Well, I saw sure, it. I gotta put I gotta put that in the next flick Netflix queue right now because we're gonna do Rad. Rad. I saw Gleaming the Cube, but that was a skateboard movie with Christian Slater. Well Rad's uh Rad's like that, except earlier and more poorly executed. Ah, any big stars yeah. in that one? Any any of the Corys in there? No no Corey Hamilton. Oh man, they don't have it on D V D from Netflix. Son Shocking. Of a bitch. Shocking. You have to go steal it off the, the internet safe. now. Yeah, well, we're going to do rad one. <laughs> You're really going to enjoy that. That's uh, a classic. Yeah, that's when that's when um, I had a bike. I had a BMX bike back in uh, those days. They were they were big. I had a diamond back, man. I was uh, put some pegs on the front and the back. Wasn't that crazy? crazy. No, I would pegs on them, man. No, I would build uh, little like plywood jumps in my neighborhood and jump off curbs and things like that. Um, unfortunately, Did you get the kit that lets your uh, a little kit that uh, separates the wires that control the brakes into rings so you can spin your uh, handlebars around 360 degrees in- infinitely? No, I couldn't do any of those tricks. I would do these little mm-hmm. jumps, and then one time I landed flat on my back and bruised my tailbone and uh, pretty much thought I was going to be in traction for the rest of my life. It was, uh, it was a defining moment. I think that's when I stopped doing that shit, actually. Well... You at one point took part in the manufacture poorly, albeit of a quarter pipe at some point, correct? Uh, we had this empty lot where somebody dug like these dirt tracks with little jumps and stuff. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what we did with our bikes. We just would do these little miniature BMX courses and, and empty lots that, you know, they were going to build a house or had demoed a, demolitioned a house or something. 
I tell you, there's a lot some broken wrists and clavicles, but I have to feel it's a lot better than playing uh, Medal of Honor or whatever hell kids play. Together yeah, yeah. Though that shit. I'm an old grumpy man. Mm, yeah, kids. kids don't do that anymore. Kids aren't out there uh, busting their tailbones and breaking their arms and shit anymore. It's kind of sad. I wasn't. I was watching those soap operas. What? Really? Yeah, I wasn't really a particularly active kid. You didn't have a BMX bike? Oh, I had like a little. Uh, I had a, uh, a blue bike with yellow mag wheels. It weighed a ton. It was stuff to pedal around. The mag wheels were, were quite the thing back in the 80s. Yeah, absolutely pointless. Oh, they they work just like regular wheels with spokes, except they weigh four times as much. That's a good idea. <laughs> but they look awesome. I, I had over to Coast to Coast and had my dad purchase it for me. Nice. Uh, my my uh, Diamondback, my BMX Diamondback, was actually stolen, much like Pee Wee Herman's was uh, stolen from him. Uh, my theft was a lot less sensational. It was uh, stolen at um, the video rental store. Uh, and that place is gone now, but it used to be near the post Beverage office. Express? No, it used to be near the post office uh, in Snohomish there. And I used hmm. to ride my bike down there. And they had video games, and so I used to play a choplifter endlessly. Um, and while I was there playing, uh, I went out. My bike was gone. Some fucker had stolen it. And uh, I went down to the Snohomish Police Department, and they gave me, like, this little pictorial lineup of uh, hoodlums and 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 uh, oh really yeah well that's that's more work than i expected from them i thought they'd give you about as much help as they did peewee they were working in shifts man they had them working in shifts and so there was a couple of known bike thieves that the snowmish police had uh caught and they were showed me pictures and i thought i recognized one but i don't know they all kind of looked the same you know hmm. looked like they listened to heavy metal and smoked uh weed after a junior high so that, well, that's when you just pick one of them and uh, put the blame on them. I think I did, but uh, did you really? You son of a bitch! Nothing ever came of it, and that was the end of my BMX career. <laughs> oh well, at least you never broke your wrist. I did not. Um, but kids used to show up to school with like broken legs and wrists and arms and shit. And I, I oh yeah, I don't know. I mean, do kids like break shit anymore? Or are they all in their little? Oh, yeah, sometimes bubble? they sprain their thumb. They get so it could be pretty bad from playing video games. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know they're afraid that they'll. I don't know. Parents are parents are just wussies these days. They don't think kids are tough or something, and they all stay inside. Well, kids wear helmets now, which I guess is probably good because uh, I'm sure there were plenty of uh, brain injuries from uh, riding the quarter pipe. I would have been called a fag if I would have been wearing a helmet around on my BMX bike. I'm pretty sure of it. You probably still be called that. <laughs> why thanks mark yeah. Yeah. oh no i mean if you're wearing a helmet as a kid i mean oh okay these just, days you know, just I mean, they probably have rules at the skateboard skateboard parks where you have to wear a helmet i, I don't know i haven't been doing them in a long time that's right they have skateboard parks now that was something they didn't have when i was a kid so yeah so i mean i i think kids still bmx bike because it's it's a great form of transportation as a kid before you drive or before you get your car when you're in your mid-teens it's a great way to get around, especially if you live in an urban environment. So a lot of kids still ride bikes, and I'm sure they hot dog a bit on them. My friend, Maybe it's not quite how it used to be. My friend Aaron Murphy and I, we were at the uh, McDonald's Playland in Snohomish, and uh, we were on the spinning hamburger thing, you know, where you sit down and you spin the big wheel. And uh, we just spun it and spun it and spun it, and then I made myself sick. 
And uh, then I, had, I remember biking home on my BMX, like half throwing up and nauseous the entire way. It was probably the worst uh, bike ride I ever remember. Yeah, uh, I biked a bit in the early 2000s when I lived in Seattle. It's a nice way to get around. See how people uh, like doing I must say I do hate cyclists now. <laughs> Fucking hate You got to take it easy on cyclists, man. I Believe do. You, you got you got two thousand pounds on him. You give him give him as wide a berth as the, possible. But you understand my aim. You just don't want to nick one because you never know. You could run over their leg, and you know, then they then they, you know they could lose their leg. So you just don't. I I stay as far away from him as I possibly can. At all I points. I would feel bad about the litigation, but I I they they would definitely have it coming. I'll tell you that much. I'd rather run to another car than a bicyclist. Uh, I would too, because I, I well, you, you, it's just the ones in this town are, are ignore traffic signs and blow blow stop signs and lights, and uh, well, they want to conserve their momentum. I, you think you really got to give them, a, you know, some leeway on that. I mean, if, you, if you're riding around all the time, it's a bitch, you know, sort of a pain in the ass. You put all that energy into making yourself go forward, and to burn it all on friction of the brakes seems like a waste. There used to be this intersection down below that place I lived uh, a few years ago, and there was an altercation between a uh, motorist and a uh, bicyclist. And the bicyclist, oh, I forget what the deal was. Like the car was inched out too far, and um, I don't know. There was some altercation. I just caught the, the the tail end of it. And the car pulled away, and like the bicyclist was pounding on the back end of this Volvo, and he got so pissed he actually picked up his bike and he threw it at the car as it was pulling away. It was totally wow. ugly. Yeah, that's you know that just guy. That guy's just one of those reactionary types. So. Real I mean, asshole. I don't think you should let it color <laughs> color uh, all bicyclists. I do. I just I, it's just the hubris, the smugness, the uh, when it rains, when it's like the shittiest. Uh, and it's raining sideways. I notice that they're out more. I notice that I see more cyclists on the road being more smug. Well, it's good you see him in the rain. That's probably when you should be looking for him. When, well, uh, visibility is the worst. And then uh, there was some asshole one morning who didn't have his blinker on, his back blinker. And I couldn't see him. And I pull up next to him at a stoplight. And I was like, dude, can you? where's your fucking light? And he goes, he goes not required. Like, oh, it was dark out? Yeah, it was totally pitch black, rainy, couldn't see him. Uh, and I pull up next to him, and he's like completely just, he's in like his Seattle camouflage. He's all in black, bike, no blinker. Um, I think he had a dim little uh, headlight bulb. And I pull up next to him, I roll down the window, I was like, dude, where's your fucking light? And he goes, he goes, he goes not required. Like, you know, he's quoting the yeah, Seattle city... I was just like, fuck you. But look, you. man, if, when accidents happen and bike, bicyclists get killed, there's rarely any legal action against the driver, unless it was unless the driver was drunk or something. So, uh, I, I mean, you should certainly be careful because there's no chance you'd want to kill a bicyclist, and believe me, it happens quite a bit. But uh, I think it hardly ever puts the person at uh, you know great financial or, or criminal risk. There is this... Uh Oh, one of them got clipped and killed down by uh, Artie's doggy daycare. And uh, now what they do in Seattle is they spray paint a bike white, like an angel's bike, and then they chain it up nearby the accident and put roses and flowers and shit. And then they uh, put some big annoying sign on top of it says that a cyclist died here. 
you know, as if there's some soldier fighting for our freedom on the streets of Seattle. I was like, you know, the guy took a risk. He didn't. He doesn't have to ride a bike, but he chose to. It's a risky thing. It's dangerous in our city, and he got killed because of it. And we're not supposed to canonize the dude. Uh, we're supposed to, I guess, maybe be more wary, but come on, a little over the top. Do not understand your uh, your dismay at bikers. All right. We'll agree does, to disagree. does not commute, compute for me. All right. <laughs> Because, I mean, if I biked a lot, I'd probably be sort of pissed every time I heard about somebody getting run over and killed. Oh, fuck. So, I All mean, right. it's just solidarity within the community. I, I don't see what's so weird about it. Just, but maybe we should steer this back towards uh, Pee Wee's uh, big adventure. Yep, he sorry. He had plenty of lights on his bike. He had a jet booster system. Yeah, jet booster he had, system. He was going to put a nice horn on there. He had some sort of lion. Not sure what that was supposed to do. He had some some great storage. Some really big storage bins on that bike. He held a lot of chain. <laughs> uh, that wasn't that funny of a bit, by the way. Okay. See, he had uh, so he had the rocket. He had uh, detachable uh, uh, handlebars, so in case somebody grabbed your handlebar, right. you could detach it and replace it with a fresh one. Like That's a not, like not a, a bad idea. Like a starfish arm. Yeah, or the tail of a uh, gecko, or whatever the hell those things are. Ah, tail. The better analogy. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty nice. Pretty pimping. You know, it looked like it just had one gear, so (laughs) in California, you think it might be a little hilly. Depending on where he lives, you probably want to have more than one gear. Uh, I'm thinking there's probably... It looks like he lived close to downtown. There's not a bunch of... Did he live in L.A.? I'm only guessing. That's the feeling I have. Somewhere warm and sunny. Um, So, uh, I don't know. What else did we What else did we learn? Uh, The Alamo doesn't have a basement, (laughs) which seemed like a more pivotal part to the movie when I remember it, but... All these scenes are really short, which is sort of nice because they get some of them aren't that great. Like the the long the uh, the tour of the Alamo so oh. it goes on and on. Yeah, um, it, it really is only a couple minutes long, uh, but it's one joke. Well, and yeah, it's it's one sort of yeah. The the, the she he's set up by a gypsy who looks out her well, window. He's not really set up. He's just uh, well, that's what gypsies do. <laughs> as they, yeah, he just the gypsy's just making it up as she goes along. It's pretty funny. So the whole gypsy tarot card reading thing, is that is that just a classic swindle that's somehow now kind of sort of is sort of a mysticism deal that we think of when we think of gypsies? Like it's a big swindle, like palm reading, tarot cards. Are you talking about gypsies or are you talking about uh, mysticism? I'm talking about gypsies. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't really know any gypsies. I guess they're sort of a pain in the ass if you have to live with the, the classic gypsy. Well, we've had conversations. community. We've had conversations about gypsies before, but I'm just wondering, is that like a classic swindle of theirs? Is the whole tarot card palm reading thing? It's a pretty good swindle. I mean, if, you, if you're in that line of work, it's uh, swindling. It's probably one of the better shticks. Yeah. You know, you just need a storefront. You don't need a lot of uh, gizmos. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, I thought of another funny joke in this is the, uh, the uh, scene where... Uh, he uh, st- after he gets uh, picked up by uh, Large Marge and gets dropped off at that diner, and he meets Simone. Simone, and then they're, and then they're talking. Uh, they're watching the sun come up through the mouth of the dinosaur, which is actually actually a rather beautiful scene. When you see them sitting in the mouth of the uh, of the big t- big uh, like uh, I don't know what it's made out of uh, plaster and chicken wire. It's very um, uh, that scene's very Tim Burton esque. And they're sitting in there, and you see the whole inside maw as the sun comes up. And then they're talking about, uh, 
he's telling uh he's telling Simone how everybody has a big butt. I don't remember. But it's B-U-T instead of B-U-T-T, which is pretty funny. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Do you remember that whole uh, I do. Uh, exchange? I, well, is that where he says that uh, – no, I think that was at the, like the bus stop where he uh, he kind of gives her uh, – it, it was sort of funny. Like, you can't just wish things will happen. You have to go out there and make, make them happen or something like that. Well, that, that's in the uh, – that he gives her that talk in, in the mouth of the T-Rex. And then she takes it, her, his advice, and you see her later taking a bus to Paris. Well, yeah, bus to Paris. Paris, Texas, man. She meets a nice Parisian guy there. You see her at the end. That's right, Pierre. Pierre. Uh, it's, it's sort of funny because it's like the opposite of that book that was popular a few years ago called The Secret, where you just wish things or you think positively and they happen, you know? Oh. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you'd better than just uh, thinking positively and doing nothing's better than thinking negatively and doing nothing. Is that what you, which is tends to be my methodology? You get to the same place, but you feel better while you're doing it. I think negatively about everything, but I do a lot, and it's just kind of like a big middle finger to the world. That's all I got. <laughs> that that I hey, I admire you for it. It uh, follows my sort of uh, Nietzsche esque Sisyphean persona, you know, the uh, mm-hmm. st- struggling in absurdity, that whole thing. To go off on a tangent. Boy, we have not talked about this film much. I don't I th- think either of us has much to say about it. <laughs> I think it. we're kind of hurting, to be honest. Um, hey, what, what, you wanna, hey, I got an uh, interesting Ebert. It's, uh, he didn't review it in, in text, but he reviewed it uh, in hindsight on uh, the Siskel and Ebert show. All right. Do you, uh, you want to listen to that now? Yeah, wh- wh- why not go into Ebert? My first guilty pleasure is Pee-wee's Big Adventure, a movie that came out a year ago and proved that Pee-wee Herman was more than a stand-up comedian. He represented a whole self-contained worldview. I looked at Pee-wee's Big Adventure again the other night on video, and I was surprised all over again by how innocent, how playful, and how truly eccentric Pee-wee Herman really is. But the movie is not just a strange little man acting goofy. Pee-wee has created a whole fairy tale universe as consistent and fascinating as Alice's Wonderland or the world of the hobbits in the Lord of the Rings. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is one of those movies like The Wizard of Oz, I think, that kids could look at in one state of mind while the grown-ups enjoy it on a completely different level. And I th- well, I tell you, I didn't like the picture when it came out. Mm-hmm. I have enjoyed this character when he's had short bits on TV talk shows. Yeah. I thought it was just much too much. The gimmicks that I saw, like the putting on the shoes at the beginning of the film and all that kind of stuff, his little bedroom and all that, mm-hmm. just seemed to me too predictable. I don't know. I think you have to be, you kind of have to be in a certain state of mind to take Pee Wee Herman. And to be sure, in the long... a feature length, there's a lot of Pee Wee Herman. Yes. This might be one That's to my... kind of show 10 minutes of every night as a short subject. Yeah. So uh, we had a little uh, bit from uh, the late Gene Siskel there, which... Uh, uh, I think comes in on it that the, the movie's sort of annoying. <laughs> I mean, it has funny bits, but it's an hour and a half with yeah a few hand handful of with twenty thirty maybe twenty thirty funny minutes in it, and the rest is sort of goofy. Ebert, not, I didn't find it particularly enjoyable. Ebert, I don't know about all this, uh, you know, uh, Alice in Wonderland and uh, yeah, stretch Wizard it. of Oz stuff that we should could should consider doing the Wizard of Oz at some point, especially since it's being remade next year. But uh, I think Ebert's right that it's just a little too much of this annoying character. Unless that character really hits you, you know, either because you're a stoner or just because I think females find him more interesting. Really? Um, 
This movie's just not that great. Uh, Siskel always, I always tended to, I always tended to agree with more with Siskel and uh, Roper when uh, against Ebert. Ebert's a little bit too idyllic, I think, when it comes to uh, his appreciation of movies, which is strange because he's reviewed God knows how many of them. You think he'd be a little jaded after a while, um, but he always tends to. Uh, you know, compare them unto themselves and give them more of the benefit of the doubt than, than I typically give films. So, yeah, I mean, he is, he's a little more of a, he likes to have a little more of a childlike view to things, which I really appreciate. And one of the reasons I would like Ebert is because he'll enjoy something, uh, and look past its faults at times, right. which I think is an important thing to do to enjoy a film. I mean, I sat back and enjoyed watching this film, but I sort of ignored the annoying parts. So but I'm, I'm not going to watch it again. I must admit that uh, the first time I ran into, I guess, the Pee Wee Herman character or the Paul Rubens character, uh, his characters, was uh, the Cheech and Chong movies. Who uh, uh, Cheech and Chong were actually, they had like a stand-up skit comedy act that they toured with. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, they're, I think it's Up in Smoke and Next Movie... And I think even Nice Dreams featured uh, Paul Rubens in sort of a, a kind of a Pee Wee Herman analog or a proto Pee Wee. It wasn't actually the Pee Wee Herman that we see here in the uh, gray suit and tie with the, uh, you know, the kid like persona. Uh, one, he was a bellhop like you see him sort of at the end of the movie. And that was that was pretty funny where he's bad acting. Right? Uh, but he uh, he he's a bellhop at a hotel that uh, Cheech and Chong crash somewhere in Hollywood and the cops come in and he's just yelling all this profanity at Chong and going like, you fucking asshole, but he's doing it like in the Pee Wee Herman voice. It's really, really, yeah. <laughs> and, I'll have to check that out. It sounds pretty interesting. And so, it, so is this, is this his playman of playing of the bellhop sort of a homage to that, even though the character is different and he has a, different voice i don't know uh it was it was a pretty funny part of the movie i remember it as a kid i mean he was just a bit part in that in that uh, i think it was up in smoke or no it was actually next movie and as the cops are running upstairs he's like spouting all kinds of crap off and he goes i think they're iranian officers so this was back during uh, the post iran uh hostage crisis so everybody was up isn't cheech like uh israeli or something no he's hispanic chong is like has some sort of uh oh, Tommy Chong Asian yeah, heritage but I, I don't Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he is. He's like half uh something. something. Anyway, so he was in it's that pretty specific. I hate to get to all so many specifics like that. And then in Nice Dreams he was uh the hamburger dude and he was this cokehead character that showed up uh at this Chinese restaurant that they were at and uh, he goes hamburger. Mm, it's it was really weird. Wait, when did you watch the Cheech and Chong movie? <laughs> like when I was seven or eight. Oh, really? I've never seen any of them. Never seen them. Way too young to be watching Cheech and Chong movies, I'll tell you that. You know. Well, when uh, when we go down to the Marijuana Control Board store and grab a blunt, we'll watch Cheech and Chong next year. That's right. Big news here in the state of Washington. Where, uh, uh, you can go out. If, if, if an ounce of weed magically materializes in your possession, uh, you're free to have it and smoke it. Uh, you know, without the fear wherever of, you can smoke cigarettes. No, no, not in public. You can't. You can't. It's like you can't drink in public. It's the same deal. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a shame. So you know, but you can't. Yeah, wherever you can't drink, you can't smoke weed. Um, 
but hold it. You there's places you can drink, but you can't smoke cigarettes. Like pretty much. Can you can you smoke weed in bars? Uh, not in. You can't smoke. Oh, I don't know. Well, no smoking laws. See, there's two different. There's two different things there. There's smoking limitations, and there's uh, tobacco use limitations. I'm and sh- then there's uh, alcohol use limitations. I'm sure bars will have weed smoking uh, areas out on a deck or something where you can go partake. That seems logical. You just do edibles. <laughs> do edibles. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Maybe I'll rewatch Use some a, Skull Green. Skull Green. Yeah. Get some. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> right between your uh, lip and gums. <laughs> get some Camel Sour Kush. You know, style cigarettes. Man. Uh, Brave New World Kids. It'll be interesting here in the state of Washington. So, boy, we love Pee Wee Herman, didn't we? Man, we just don't got much. I, I, I mean, I watched it this morning, uh, and I kind of had like a Saturday morning feel because uh, that's when I used to watch uh, Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse. And so I was kind of getting into that a little bit. Um, I actually I liked the part where he was getting up in the morning. I thought that was kind of the more enjoyable parts of the film where he's uh, making his breakfast and the Mr. T cereal, you know, which which I thought was kind of that's kind of nice. Mm. He pities the fool. See, that was a funny little bit. Yeah, that was a funny little bit. Um, the Rue Goldberg uh, breakfast machine that he uh, had set up. Um, yeah. I kept I, – I have to make – making coffee at night for me is a torturous experience. It's uh, – I don't know. It only takes about five minutes, but for whatever reason, it's drudgery because I have a brine. Why don't you just go to Starbucks in the morning? I don't know because I it's cheap. I don't have to pay like a buck fifty. It's uh, the grind and brew Cuisinart, so it's like freshly ground, like fresher than you're going to get at the Starbucks. And uh, but it's a pain in the ass to clean because you have to clean like three different components every time. Um, then uh, it's just a pain in the ass. And get, uh, get yourself a, one of those Starbucks cars, and uh, there you go. But Is then there I, a Starbucks near your house in Seattle? Oh fuck, man, I could like five on the way in. But the thing is, is it's, it's like, I have to stop, get yeah. out, go in there with the herd, uh, with all the assholes expressing their individuality through their coffee. None order. of them have drive throughs hey, what, what? This is like seven in the morning. How many assholes are out at seven in the morning? I thought it was just a bunch of drones. They're uh, don't wake up till about 10 AM. That's what, that's what I'm doing in the morning. They're still getting their foo foo bullshit though. Oh, you know what I mean? They're getting their, uh, soy, Oh yeah, lattes. Yeah, with all with all pumpkin spice, it takes forever. Like I want a half calf soy latte, non-fat, blah, 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 cinnamon. I'm just like, just fucking. Why can't everybody? It's p- when you come up behind you, you punch, you punch them right in the kidneys. <laughs> just can't punch er- them right in the kidneys. They'll double over. The the barista won't even see them. They'll just think you're next. Can't everybody just fucking drink drip coffee with like a little cream and sugar or cream or whatever your fancy is? Just God damn it. Not in Obama's world, man. Not in Obama's world. Fucking Volvo driving East Coast liberal elite. Anyway, yeah, that, I no. Uh, so I do it. I, so, uh, boy, I look you know, after this movie. I'm sort of looking forward to a serious movie. And do we have a serious movie lined? I'm not done week? with my coffee story. I'm just totally. Oh, sorry. Continue with your coffee story. Oh, I'm just saying that uh, when I was watching that bit with the Rue Goldberg and the breakfast uh, going on there in the morning, I was like, um, I couldn't imagine setting up that thing every night for your breakfast. You know. Oh well, the. I don't know. There's pancake batter that's been sitting out all night. <laughs> that's right. You can't let it goes flat, and the yeast starts growing on it. Like in, after about an hour, it gets this purplish coat. Oh, it does. It's fucking disgusting. Oh yeah. I didn't know it got yeasty. 
Really? Oh yeah, it starts yeah, yeah. growing shit. Oh, when huh? you mix it up in the environment, stuff grows in there like crazy. Oh, I know. I maybe I'll maybe I'll do that as an experiment. I'll leave some uh, pancakes. I mean, if you like out. sourdough pancakes, you can do it that way if you want. Oh, I don't know yeah. what the time would have to be. Anyway, so yeah, I was I was thinking that was a ridiculous just in the setup, not necessarily the. Well, whole it thing. wasn't. It wasn't funny. That was the only part I had problem with. Not funny. Was it supposed to be funny? Was it just to be something like quirky and entertaining to look? You didn't. I mean, it was supposed to be a joke. I mean, I guess if that's, I wasn't. I didn't find it entertaining. Okay. So I guess I was thinking maybe if it was funny, I'd find it entertaining. All right. Well, I, I, I'm not going to turn you around. Well, that's kind of that bit there at the beginning was a lot like Pee Wee's Playhouse. I mean, that, that with all the the quirky shit going on in his house, and you know where he's maybe like, why I didn't watch it. Where he's uh, you know shooting his alligator with his uh, ray gun and playing with his fire truck, and then he gets on the uh, uh, fireman's pole and goes downstairs in his one story house. I didn't notice it was a one-story house. <laughs> yeah, it's a one-story house. Uh, oh, well. All right. So I guess we're done with Pee Wee. We don't have much else to say about it. So We're doing Big Top next week, though. No, so man. Hopefully, hopefully it's better. I never did see Big Top. I don't think Eber I did review that one, gave it two stars. Oh, we did? Uh, okay. So we didn't like it quite as much as this one. Well, that wasn't a Tim Burton joint, I'm guessing. I have no idea. I think I've seen that one, strangely enough. Yeah. It's sort of a... When I, when I think about it, I've always think of The Jerk, which is, I think is a funnier movie with sort of a similar idiotic character that goes on an adventure. You're right. It's an interesting movie to do at some point. Yeah, The Jerk is kind of close to this. It has this sort of, uh, I wouldn't call it magical realism quality to it, but it's, uh, yeah, the the Jerk character is, um, he leaves like... There's something wrong with these, these cans are defective. <laughs> That's a funny movie. We'll have to do that. I'll have to put that on my list, uh to do sometimes well, that's a funny comedy about a, a similar character but the character's not grating he has this sort of honest sort of idiot idiocy to him that finds him i find really lovable i just remember when he runs and he grabs the new phone book and then he finds himself in the phone book and like freaks out that like I, I forget what the joke was he is somebody finally it's like oh, yeah yeah i'm finally be- yeah i am somebody now or something like that he's so, made it he's made it big time he's made it big time <laughs> he's made it to the big time <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't milk the jerk for about five sequels. That seems like a, you know. Yeah, I just don't think uh, that. Uh, what was that comedian? Who was Steve that Martin. Yeah, Martin. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Martin's long for those sort of rides. Um, well, he did do the Parenthood sequel, so. Well, Steve Martin's actually a. I mean, he's a fairly dr- dramatic actor. He he does drama really well. It's sort of interesting, like. Uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is probably one of his, uh, I don't know, better comedies that he's ever been in. Um, he's actually- Yeah, terrible. Oh, horrendous 80s soundtrack. I watched it about a year ago. Oh, it does? Oh. Oh, it's got the worst. Really? The worst soundtrack. Really? Who's yeah, on it? It really detracts from it. Name it. Oh, it's just a bunch of 80s shit. I'm not talking about there's some songs in there that aren't too bad, but just all the background music, just all the uh, 80s garbage. Okay. All right. It's really too bad. Um. No, oh, it has that. That has the song at the end. Every time you go away, take a piece of me. I don't know who does that song. That's a that's a good song. No, that's in the movie. I just don't know what the uh, uh, the the song is or who did it. Um, but it's good. No, I'm just saying that's one of the. You didn't bring up any examples of a song that was in planes, trains, and automobiles. So I found one for you. Oh. Yeah. Now I'm just going to fucking look up the soundtrack because I'm highly annoyed. Uh, you buy it on iTunes for a 9 Let's see. Who did that song? 
fuck, I, meet the Flintstones. What? I don't recognize any oh, of these songs. Oh, hey, meet the Flintstones. That's a good one. I uh, can't take anything. I don't recognize any of these songs. Performed by no Dream Academy. There's some Dream Academy stuff in that. Emily Harris. Cold finger. All right. So uh, very cold finger. Guess we're done with uh, Pee Wee Herman. So yes, next week we're going to uh, do one of how many films Bond films are there in existence? Twenty three. There's twenty three Bond films. That's a lot of Bond mm. films. Give or take a film. Have you seen them all? No, nah, there's a lot I haven't seen. Really? No, uh, I'm not. I'm not a big James Bond fan necessarily. I mean, I enjoyed that Casino Royale that was out a few years ago. I thought that was pretty good. Who's the enjoyed the the scene where uh, Daniel Craig gets his balls beaten? God, that must have hurt. He had his balls Holy beaten. Holy shit! Yeah, they make him sit on a chair that has like a hole where your genitals fall through, and then they uh, then they beat his 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 uh, scrotum with a knotted up rope while they're torturing him. That's very Quentin Tarantino. I don't even remember that scene. It was pretty gruesome. Wow. So, uh, yeah. so, uh, imagine that bruising. Holy shit. No, I don't even want to think about that. Size of a guava. I don't want to think about that. That's terrible. That'd make you sterile. Jesus Christ. It could, it could, it could certainly do that. That could be a a result. There'd definitely be some scar tissue. So do you have a favorite bond? Uh, well, you know, everybody likes Roger Moore, and I don't blame him. He's a no. handsome, handsome devil. No. But I go for my, more of that Scottish guy. Oh, What's Sean Connery. Really? Are you? Nobody likes. I'm just joking. People yeah. like Sean Connery, of course. Sean Connery's fine. I don't know. Yeah. I, I well, we're going to do Sean Connery uh, in Goldfinger, which I think is probably the uh, well, at least the most iconic uh, meme-inspiring. Uh, James Bond film. Oh, by the way, a little tie to Pee Wee Herman. Uh, there was a Bond villain in this Pee Wee Herman, uh, in Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Did you catch him? Uh, there was a Bond villain in this Bond film? Bond villain. A, a certified Bond villain in Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Just the same actor who had played a Bond villain. Uh, playing kind of the same character. Uh, well, you're going to have to inform me because I missed it. Odd job from Goldfinger. He was uh, oh that the doorman at uh, Francis's house at uh, Francis's place. That's the same guy who was Odd Job. That's Odd Job. Yeah. Hold. Didn't the guy who played Odd Job? Didn't he? Uh, did he go to jail? Oh no, I'm thinking of the guy who played the Odd Job. Uh, random, uh, random duty or something from the uh, Austin Powers film. Uh, the actor who played the odd job takeoff in the first Austin Powers. <laughs> what movie was what, what was what was that character's name? He was like random. Was odd job, random employment or something. Uh, random employment. Anyways, that guy killed somebody. He's in the he's in the uh, California jail system right now. Oh well, I guess he was a bad Bond villain or a Austin Powers villain then. Uh, uh, odd job. In, Beavis and Butthead referred to him as hand job. I thought that was kind of always funny. <laughs> Yeah, odd job is a is a is a funny. Like, look, look, Beavis, it's word. it's hand job. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty, that's a pretty good. Uh, which one was that? Butthead. I think it was Beavis. Was Beavis. Yeah, I spent. You sure wasn't Butthead. I spent many a late night trying to perfect my Beavis impression, like many 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 a nineteen year old at the time. So uh, anyway, all right. Well, hopefully we'll have more to say about that. But uh, I don't know. I think we have to wait till we get a serious film to have something serious to talk about. Oric. But we'll see. Yeah, Oric Goldfinger, that's the name of the villain in uh, Goldfinger, obviously. Oric Goldfinger, his brother, uh, Plumbic Leadfinger, uh, Kuprick Copperfinger, and Agric Silverfinger. 
Are you serious? No, I just made all that shit up. Oh, so. uh, okay. Well, that's pretty good. That's pretty good for off the top of your head. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, we're doing this because uh, Skyrim or Skyfall. Or Skyfall. Well, it's a lot better. Skyfall. It's a lot better name than the last Bond film. Quantum of Solace. That was. I, I didn't even get that name. That name never made any sense to me. It's a small, defined. Uh, it's the smallest. Indi- it's the smallest part of Solace that can be. If you, you know. A quantum, infinitely indivisible of solace. Is that like no quarter? Then basically, is that the same kind of idea? Oh, is it a saying? I thought it was just some random bullshit name. No, I think there was some company called Solace or Quantum or something like that in the film, and it had tied into that. But I I was just thinking, like a quantum of solace is a little bit more than no quarter, which is a common uh, theme for uh, no pity. You know what I mean? Not totally following you, but uh, I'll just go, yeah, I know All what right. you're saying. Okay. All right. My favorite Bond was uh, George Lazenby, by the way. I'm just putting that out there. Very solid and Bond. Her, his Ma- her Majesty's Secret Service or whatever? Very solid Bond, Bond film. Yeah. Yeah. People uh, people just skip called? over it because he only had one uh, one one movie. But uh, no. Better than- Doesn't the woman die at the very end? It has a really dis- really depressing end. Yeah. He gets married in that one. And uh, she. And then like when they're taken off, like like the old villain comes back from the dead and kills his woman. And that's Something like that. It's a very dark bond. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> that pretty, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds like a knotted rope to the balls. Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Darker than that. I would say having your wife killed by the villain. No, um, no, I better than Roger Moore, George Lazenby. I'll say it. I'll say it here. So anyway, all right. Okay. We've milked this for as long as we can. So, uh, I guess until next week, I meant to do it.